This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I am one of your hosts, Tom. And I'm Tim. Tim, how are you doing this week? Tom, I'm doing wonderfully. Um, we just got back from a uh, Complete Guide to Everything company retreat, corporate retreat and this weekend. I'm exhausted because we weren't allowed to sleep at all. Right. Well, it was more of a like breaking people down mentally so we could build them back up. Yeah, um, but it was just you doing that to me. Right. Well, wait, what you expect? Flashlight in my face. Now we weren't on a company retreat, Tom. We don't even have a company. This is all a sham. Yeah, we're frauds. Fly by night. Yeah, just a long night. A long night. Yeah, it's been a long night. Yeah, or fly by night, but it's been a long one. How are you doing this week? <laughs> Good. We were on vacation together. Yeah. Not vacation. I guess vacation. A Holiday. weekend away with, uh, is this a thing that grown-ups do everywhere? I don't know. <clears throat> a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. How many adults were there? 16 adults. 16 adults, and then there were a bunch of little kids. Four children. Yeah, some of these uh, adults. Uh, One child per four people. Yeah. Uh, and we all rented a house in the woods. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah, in Pennsylvania, of all places. You built a fire two nights in a row. Mm-hmm. You were a little bit of a, you had like a, a hero complex about it. What do you mean? Every time you'd carry the wood, you'd make a big show of how you were carrying the wood. I didn't make a big show. How would I? How did I make a big show of carrying the wood? Just because o- wood's easy for me to carry because I'm very strong. No, it it seemed quite the opposite <laughs> when you when you'd uh, you'd you'd walk uh-huh. to the place where the wood was stored. It wasn't like you were cutting the wood. It was oh, all I cut. cut it last there weekend. There were logs. The weekend before. And I you'd load up, up with a few logs, and then you'd walk back, and then uh, you'd dump them on the ground out of your arms, and you'd go like, ah! And they would all fall to the ground. I would dump them on the ground. There's a reason why I was dumping them on the ground. And that was because I was, I'm lazy, and I was loading up like as much wood as I could to uh, uh, make fewer trips back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I would dump it because usually I had like so much that there kind of wasn't a way for me to get it off without just dropping it. I was very afraid of, I know what you're talking about because I would kind of do it with a flourish, but that was because I was afraid of splinters. Okay. So I would kind of just try and like move my arms, like drop it and bat and step back to be like, I want splinters. I feel you. So it's cowardice. Yeah. I guess not wanting to get. Splinters. splinters isn't being a coward. No, th- I mean y- you're it's just being reasonable. Yeah, you never are impressed. Like, oh, well, look at how tough that guy is. He's got so many. Yeah, splinters. and he's like, hey, ladies, uh, check out my arms. They're full of <laughs> shards of wood. Yeah, splinters suck. I hate splinters. Splinters, they suck. But everybody's got to calm down. No, about splinters. oh, when's the last time you've had a good splinter? I get splinters all the time, Tom. Why? <laughs> You know, it's the little ones that hurt. The big oh, ones. Yeah, you yeah, get you one of those uh, right fiberglass p- splinters. I get so many splinters. <laughs> I, I shouldn't be so cavalier about this. I hate I hate splinters. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I appreciate that you carried the wood. You also wouldn't let anybody else go and get any wood. You really wanted domain over the fire. I was happy to let other people go get wood. You, nobody, you, nobody was itching to go carry firewood. Um, I mean, it wasn't that hard of a task. No, but even still, nobody was willing to do it. Nobody was out there doing it. People people offered. You and I said, yeah, you, you can define. go get some firewood. 
Eh, you were just like, I'm trying to impress uh, the, uh, everybody here. I'm trying to impress these four children that are here. <laughs> Those kids were pretty impressed. Those kids weren't even awake when that fire happened. No, kids they go came, to bed so dang early. No, they came out at one point because their parents were very nervous <laughs> with them being around the fire. And I was like, nah, it's... Take a closer Kids look. Kids can be around a fire. That's no big deal. I you think you were everybody arguing was... that about the the fireplace inside the house too. Yeah, guess what? Like they were like, "Oh, we can't start a fire in the fireplace till all the kids go to bed." Yeah. It's like I was in a house that had a, a fire in the fireplace when I was a kid. It's fine. You know what? You go near the fire and it feels hot, and you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna stay <laughs> away from out. there." Yeah, it's built into fire. I think that part of it is. Hey, I, I do agree with you. Like, we could have done it. We would have all been around the fire, so it, we would have been like, nah, get out of here, kid. Yeah, we're not going to light a fire and then be like, okay, now let's all let's go, go on upstairs. an ATV. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I can see, like, you had a fireplace in your house growing up. Mm-hmm. So you were, like, taught about fireplaces growing up. These kids have never been outside of New York City. They haven't been taught about fireplaces. They're they're city slickers. Yeah. It's fine. They're like... How, what's there when, to learn? When we there's were making, fire in there. When there's fire in there, stay away from it. When we were making dinner the one night, one of the uh, uh, three-year-olds said, why don't we just order on Seamless? Really? Yeah, that's how... Uh, city slicker these kids are. Really? Did a kid say that? Yeah, all of them. Oh, man. And he took out, he had a brand new phone. He, he had a brand new yeah, phone? Yeah, a brand new phone. And he said, well, no, I'll sort of through my Apple How Watch. How did he get that phone? In an Apple Watch? Yeah. A three-year-old? Three-year-old, yeah. That's bonkers. Things have really progressed since I was a kid. Yeah. And then he, he said, oh, you know what? I'll just do pickup. I'll take an Uber to get there. <laughs> a a Three-year-old, yeah. Was call three-year-old called. He was like, "Oh, well, what's better, Uber or Lyft? Which one's cheaper?" This is bonkers. Yeah, he knows to. And then he said, "Now nah, I'm, I'm putting it on my Apple card. It doesn't matter what." His Apple card. Yeah, he had an Apple. I don't even know card. any adult with an Apple credit yeah. card. It is kind of a kid thing. It's like we made it so simple, <laughs> and we uh, show you colorful graphs. Yeah, so that's how. That's how unprepared to deal with fire these kids were. I think. I think. It doesn't take much to teach kids, hey, fire's hot. Because if they don't take your word for it, they'll go near it and be like, oh, it's hot. It's not like they'll throw themselves into the fire and be like, oh, fire's not hot. Let me prove it to you. I was a little mad at you with the <laughs> with the fire. Nice. Because you're always, you're such a like, uh, uh, like a... Look, you were not cautious, the, man. Yeah, you were not the biggest fire coward there. There were bigger fire cowards, and they were making me <laughs> visibly angry. I'm not. Um, when it comes to a bonfire, mm-hmm. I'm not a fire coward at all. You are always one that, when there's a fire going outside, you're like, ah, the fire's big enough. We don't have to make it bigger. Why not just make it as big as possible? <laughs> What I was saying, Tom. And look, you're you're doing the right thing. You're saving me from myself. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. I didn't want old man Reynolds over here to be a martyr at the end of the night when it when you're like, Oh, we have to wait for this fire to go out because you stacked up forty five logs. What my my thinking of don't make the fire that much bigger is mm-hmm. I'm going inside in fifteen minutes. Yeah. Um, if this thing, if you put four more logs on it right now, it's going to be another hour and a half before 
everybody can come inside. Yeah. Um, and you were talking about how, like, because I even said at one point, like, ah, eh, leave the fire. It'll go out. What's going to happen? And you're yeah. like, no, somebody has to be there till it's out all the way. Yeah, so, you hear that, everybody? Safety's number one with yeah, Tom. Yeah, you're smoking the goddamn bear. Yeah. But, so my thing was, like, Tom, I was looking out for you. I was like, you don't want to s- sit out here with this fire as it goes out all night. Like, wait till the the logs that you put on burn off before you add more logs. Yeah, but don't you want to see how big you can get the fire? You know what? For a minute. Yeah. But then it was at some point there was just like there were eighteen adults, sixteen adults, sixteen adults, sixteen adults. At one point there were three of you out there, and <laughs> yeah. nobody else was coming. No, for a while it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, the big fire was fun, but you gotta let it go. It just yeah. doesn't need to be a, the biggest fire you can do for four hours. Yeah, but wouldn't it be cool if it was the biggest fire I could do for four hours? I mean, it was. I uh, was also I was putting the fire out with water. Fire's biggest enemy. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and. You uh, called the fire department to put it out. <laughs> well, they've got all the water. No, I was, I was, oh God, it was so disgusting. This, not what I did, but I had a, uh, uh, a big, huge, like, I don't know, five gallon pot that I Ew. was using to put out. You talk the- about, uh, ganj. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about five gallons of ganj, man. Nice. <laughs> um, hey, the sticky stuff, Tom. That's yeah. what I call it. You go to the. I like drugs. You know. You what go I mean? to the drug dealer and say, "Hey, man, can I get five gallon pot?" <laughs> They'd be like, "Yeah, the sticky nugs." They're like, "What? Did, are you talking through Google Translate or something?" <laughs> um, but you had uh, a big pot. Had a big pot, and the second night, uh, a friend of ours who will remain nameless, named Paul McKenna, was. Oh no! Now. <laughs> Three people listen. Nobody, they nobody think, we know. They think he's the English uh, hypnotist, uh, hypnotist yeah, yeah. which I've told you. I think the English hypnotist hypnotized me to think his name is the name of a friend of mine. The, the hypnotist died years ago. No, though. he's bigger than ever. <laughs> is he? Yeah, he's around. He's doing stuff, hypnotizing people. I don't think most people are. Did that he familiar hypnotize with you to think he's dead? No, I just haven't Has heard. He from assumed him. your life. I'm not up on who the hypnotists are at any given well, moment. Yeah, give it the program. Yeah, but anyway, Paul was insistent that he wanted to pee to put the fire out, and what? I was like, "Please don't do that!" Like, especially the first night, I was like, "I'm gonna make a fire tomorrow night." Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to have to do that in your urine, so please don't do that. Also, Paul, that's not gonna work. This is like a pretty big fire. You're not gonna be able to pee to put it out. He probably would have burned himself. That would have been funny. <laughs> um. So, like, the first night, it took, I think, like, three five-gallon pots. Yeah, why do you think of... that happened? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Well, certainly one man's urine wasn't going to put out, wasn't going to do the job that Paul three pots of water. a lot of beer. <laughs> that's true. I maybe underestimated him. But then the uh, the second night, when I went to put the water out, he again wanted to do it. People were like, Paul, don't do that. And I was, like, a little less. I was like... I'm not making a fire tomorrow. I don't care as much, but also that's just stupid. Don't do that. Right. Um, and like, I'm going to be pouring fire on this water. I don't want urine splashing on me. Even for f- pouring water on the fire. Pouring water on the fire. Um, pour, you can't. Hey, you idiot. You can't pour fire. You could if it was like a sulfur or something. When you were a kid, did you think a fire extinguisher shot out fire? No. 
<laughs> what do you I think did. extinguish means? Uh, when I was four? I didn't know. So you thought like your parents just had like a little flamethrower in the house? Yeah. For what purpose? Uh, thwarting intruders. <laughs> home, home defense. Yeah. Um, there is no point in your life that you thought uh, when they when you'd hold that thing and it'd shoot out fire. No, maybe I thought it would be like a Ghostbusters gun. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, I don't know why you thinking it was a ghost busting device is any less ridiculous than me thinking something with fire in the title and then a a word I didn't understand shot fire. Well, then just what you're describing sounds dangerous. What I'm describing is a means to catch a ghost. Who's the fire coward now, Tom? It's true. Um, <clears throat> I recently, I had a fire extinguisher that was recalled. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, so they gave me a new one. Okay. And I was like, oh, I don't need this old one. Let me shoot it in the uh, in the bathroom because I've never shot a fire extinguisher. Boy, does that make a mess. You When was this? It was like a few months ago. Wow. Yeah. Should have brought it outside. I don't want to be like the guy outside the street <laughs> shooting up fire extinguishers. You could, you should have started a fire first. Yeah, that's a the the by far the worst thing about living in New York City is that there's not a place for me to go outside and try stupid things. Yeah, I mean, there I, is. I feel like there's every, a lot of places. Everybody but. else doesn't abide by that. I yeah, and that's that's also frustrating that I see people doing things. So why can't you do it? Nobody suffers any consequences. Yeah, I don't want to be on Instagram or something as like, oh, look, the 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 fire extinguishing moron. <laughs> <laughs> hey, buddy, where's the fire? That's what they'll put in the meme. No, anybody. That would be <laughs> the coolest meme. A guy shooting off a fire. No, light a fire. Light a car on fire and then put it out with a fire extinguisher. Maybe. Or... Go up to one of those teens that's uh, smoking uh, ganja, Tom. <laughs> You'd be like, smoking ganja's illegal, and then spray him uh, with the fire extinguisher. That's assault. I want to assault a minor. It's not assault. It's a, it's a, it's a citizen's arrest. It's like a citizen's pr- police brutality. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you think... Uh, uh, the the union the police union would, <laughs> would protect would, would me protect me <laughs> um so the uh the second night i brought out the the big old pot of water and so the the water was being or that pot was used to cook uh like a big thing of soup yeah um, i cut some of the vegetables for that soup ooh la di da the day before i made the chili in that pot I didn't have any of that chili. Why didn't you have any of I the chili? I wasn't around. It was a lunchtime chili. No, it was a nighttime chili. I was outside making the fire. Oh, yeah. Tom, it was a good chili. Yeah, I know. Everybody was inside eating dinner while I was out there for an hour by myself See, watching the fire. Yeah, this is you being a martyr. You shouldn't have made it so big. You could have come in and eaten the chili. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't that hungry. But anyway. So many beans in that chili, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. You're full of beans, so you would yeah. put a lot of beans I'm in your chili. Beans. I like farting. Um, the well, that well, good. I don't need you around the fire then. Why? It'd make the fire spread if you farted out there. Um. Okay. So, uh, the the second night, the pot was just used to make soup, and then uh, it was full of soapy water. But I'm like, oh, that's fine for a fire. You know, I don't, I, hey, bigger, I don't care. I'm not going to wash this pot mm-hmm. uh, beforehand. So I brought that pot out 
And I went back inside to get something else. And at the time I was uh, out inside, Paul was drinking water out of the pot to to uh, spit on the fire to put the fire out. That's cool. I was like, Paul, what are you doing? He's like, this water's all soapy. I'm like, yeah, it's dishwater. Like, it's soapy. This, Paul, you wouldn't eat this soup because it had vegetables in it, but you're drinking the soapy water he out of the drinking dirty it. He was pot. spitting it onto the fire. Well. I will admit that when he was doing it, it worked a lot better than I thought. It really? Worked. Yeah. Because he, he could target it? He was like pretty good at targeting. He seems he like a guy that has some spittoon experience. Yeah, like a guy that's practiced spitting. Yeah. like And uh, boy, yeah, he was a uh, 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 hot shot. He was a dead aim putting this fire out. And that was kind of the, the name of the game. After that first bucket... It's all about finding the little cinders and yeah. getting them out. And he could really uh, target them. Yeah, his, effectively. Wow. But then at one point he had to stop because he was getting sick from all the soap. Yeah. I I was inside for all of this in the house uh, watching Mission Impossible with the sound off, or was that later? That, that was, was later. later in the evening. Um, and Paul came in all angry, and he was just like, friggin' Tom brought out a soapy... <laughs> <laughs> a pot of water for me to spit the fire out with. And I was just like, I I don't know. I'm not going to engage. <laughs> None of this makes any I, I, sense. I don't me. think that's, that's something Tom did intentionally. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. I'm a, I'm, yeah, because he got mad at me too. And I was like, Paul, don't. What are you doing? Don't drink out of it. I didn't bring this for anybody to drink out of. Jesus Christ. Paul, uh, don't drink the soapy water. Yeah, it goes to everybody. This episode of The Complete Guide to Everything is sponsored by Saqqara. You want to feel better about what you eat, but sometimes it's hard to prepare healthy meals that also taste good. With sure Saqqara, as heck is. Yeah, Tom, you, you know it. With Saqqara, you can reach your health goals without sacrificing taste. Saqqara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. And along with delicious meals, Saqqara also has daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nu- nutrition. Tom, to mm-hmm. boost results, try the best-selling Metabolism Super Powder. It's an all-natural remedy for bloating, weight gain, and fatigue. Tom, well, I, I could, tried some I of this. I could use that. Yeah, we ate some of this f- Saqqara food. Mm-hmm. Very fresh. Very fresh and filling and delicious. And right now, Saqqara is offering our listeners... 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash guide or enter code guide at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash guide to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash guide. For over 80 years, Fram has been a leader in automotive filtration because that's the only thing they do, baby. Filters. Want to protect your well-oiled machine or breathe easier when driving? Fram has the right filter for every kind of driver. Fram oil filters are American-made, tough, and feature SureGrip technology. No-slip grip for easy install and remove, even with an oily hand or glove. Fram cabin air filters filter out contaminants like exhaust fumes, allergens, and pollution. That's all the kind of stuff you don't want. 
And with the power of Arm & Hammer baking soda, you can breathe easy with an odorless interior. Arm & Hammer baking soda, the best stuff. I didn't know that they had cabin air filters with that stuff. I'm going to get one of these cabin air filters now. Honestly, I didn't know cabin air filters was a thing, and I probably should have. Now I'm going to get one. And look, well, well now that now that we know that baking soda is a part of it. Yeah. Well, and look, no matter how you drive, Fram has the right filter for you. Head over to Fram.com, that's F-R-A-M.com, and find your perfect filter today. And thanks to Fram for sponsoring the Complete Guide to Everything. All right, Tim. Halloween month continues this week. Halloween month ramps up this week. Yeah, because guess what? Another tale of horror, another tale of misery, another tale to titillate. No, not, this isn't that titillating. The Curious Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Ooh, a man and a scary man. A regular man and a man that only wants, that has a bloodlust? We'll get into it. Is he just kind of like, hey, I'm crazy. One man has, has earned his PhD and one man hasn't. Spoiler alert, Tom. Mm -hmm. So one is just a common man. Yeah, <laughs> that's what makes him so scary. Before, when you you read this book by yeah. Robert Louis Stevenson, yes, novella. Let me ask you this: mm -hmm. by the end of this book, were you thinking this book's canceled? Oh, for like uh, uh, things that haven't aged well. Well, every old book is racist. I did. Yeah. I didn't expect to have uh, so much racism in uh, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow last week, uh -huh. but bam, that that's canceled as well. Or you just cut out a few paragraphs, rephrase some things, change some characters to not be uh, horrible stereotypes, and then maybe uncancel it. Uh, I mean, I would not uh, be a proponent of rewriting books. Why not? Uh, because I think it's important to keep the original context. I think when you do an adaptation or something like that, when you make a new version, yeah, you don't need to keep in language that uh, is no longer uh, appropriate. I think we should just burn all the books. Well, that, that sure, are... yeah. Burn books, sure. That, just the ones that are unpalatable to me personally. Right. Look, I'm all for canceling things. <laughs> I uh, really am. I think we should cancel so many things. Uh, this, um, no, there wasn't really uh, anything. Uh, there was one slur that caught my eye, but it was uh, not used as a slur. Hmm. That's interesting. Yes. So I was like, oh, 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 all right. Yeah, that's like the original meaning of that word. Wow. Yeah. Now, well, now you've piqued my interest, <laughs> and it's the one thing that we won't say on mic. Yeah. Uh, other than that, no. No, there really, there's only, from my recollection, one female character, and her role in the story is to faint. I think that's what happened that in the 1800s, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a very, like, I'm like, as I'm reading, I'm like, everybody in this story is a bachelor. Like, th am I missing some subtext here or something? But How many people are in it? Uh, I don't know, like five or six main characters somewhere in that ballpark. And they're all dudes? Yeah. 
and uh, all unmarried dudes, not even dating. Yeah, not I mean, you don't know dating. what their dating lives are like. No, nah, we spent a lot of time with them. It would come up. How many pages was this book? This book, it said, so I read the ebook, and it said it was 54 pages, but it seemed like it was more than that. It An took me a while book. to read it. Yeah. You know what, though, Tim? It, it had shades of uh, what you were complaining about in uh, Legend of Sleepy Hollow. It's like, get to the goddamn point. Uh, enough of describing the wood used to make this table that you're yeah. sitting at. I mean, I guess that's, you know, writing. Books aren't just plot yeah but this like it, it, i guess that's writing <laughs> says the smart man <laughs> i get i guess that's just books huh they're boring <laughs> um sometimes books gonna be about wood yeah and, and it's real boring and that's why you don't read them um yeah it just it 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 seemed as though so this was a uh um. Oh, what were they called? Penny mm, shilling shockers. Shilling shockers. Yeah. So that's uh, the pitcher for the <laughs> Red Sox. Uh-huh. Um. What what uh what comes out of his mouth on Twitter mm. these days? I'd say is quite a shilling shocker. So what this meant was it was a, a one shilling horror story essentially. And a shilling is what a thousand dollars? No, it was like a dollar U.S. Okay. It, this this novella was sold for a dollar U.S. Um, okay. In like I think it was the late eighteen hundreds. Eighteen eighty six. This yeah. was uh, ooh the strange case. The strange case of Doctor. Not the Jekyll. curious case. Sorry, yeah, Mister Hyde. No, this isn't a Benjamin Button situation. Yeah. Um. You know what's. Benjamin Button, uh-huh. he wasn't murderous, was he? No. They should have made like if if they made Benjamin Button murderous in the mm. original story, that would have been too much going on. Do you think it would have been uh, as beloved as uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde uh, and the Legend of Sleepy Hollow and uh, what was one of the uh, the Island of Doctor Moreau, mm-hmm. where it's just like a boring book, but it's got it's got a horror element to it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it would be more titillating. Because all these old horror books are just boring books. They're just the same as other old books. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, they're no more exciting. Yeah, it's not like this is any better than Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. So I I was reading about this book. I'll get into what what happens in the book. But uh, like I was reading uh, this quote from Wikipedia. Uh, Lloyd Osborne, Stevenson, Robert Louis Stevenson's stepson, wrote, I don't believe that there was ever such a literary feat before as the writing of Dr. Jekyll. I remember the first reading as though it were yesterday. Lewis came downstairs in a fever, read nearly half the book aloud, and then, while we were still gasping, he was away again and busy writing. I doubt if the first draft took as so long as three days. The first half of the book, nothing happens. I can't imagine. Tell us more about the wood grain. Yeah, somebody coming down. Step Papa. Well, and then I also was reading, uh, you know, like speculation about this, that they were like, oh, he was like doing massive amounts of cocaine. Really? They (laughs) all were. Yeah. And then that makes more sense, too, that it's like, yeah, he wrote half the book, came downstairs, read it all without taking a breath, (laughs) and then ran back upstairs to finish it. Uh, Yeah, that that all tracks. Um, So this book, it starts out uh, with this guy, Mr. Utterson. And the whole time, as I'm reading, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? 
He's not Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde. Why do I care about this guy? Did you check the cover of the book? Yeah, I was like, what is this? Did I get a bum copy or something? Does this electronic book have a virus on it? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and then, you know, it's just explaining how he likes some things and he doesn't like other things. <laughs> well, are they relevant to the story? <laughs> no. It's supposed to give you an idea of what kind of guy he like is. Like peppermint sticks. He likes pine trees. He doesn't like. He just sounded like he, like, so he sounded horrible. What was one thing that he liked? Um, he liked a coquettish glance from a member of the <laughs> m- the fairer sex or something like that. Yeah, I think I'm I'm trying to remember if it was this guy or the other the other guy I'm about to talk about, but um, it sounded like uh like his life sucked or because they, they all sucked. It, it was olden times. It said he was a bachelor and um uh where I thought I thought I oh yeah. Utterson goes to bed, so uh, he has dinner without relish, sits by the fire, and reads dry divinity, and then uh, when the clock strikes strikes midnight, he can go to bed, and he's very happy that he can finally go to bed. Why does he have to stay up till midnight? Just what he does. <laughs> yeah, I think he just had to like choose to do things. Like, yeah. this is going to be my thing. Well, I think for him, it was probably like, well, if I go to bed earlier, I'll just wake up earlier and there will still be nothing to do. Yeah. Where did he live? Uh, this all takes place in, I think it's in Edinburgh. I'm mm. not sure. I, I meant to actually double check that. I know Robert Louis Stevenson lived in Edinburgh and there's a couple of people with Edinburgh accents, but I'm not sure. Hmm. Like I said, the book was very boring. <laughs> and Mr. Otterson's got this friend, Mr. Enfield. And these two guys kind of sounded like you and me. Hey, Be- podcasters? Yeah, because Mr. Otterson. Friends who talk into a microphone for an hour a week. Well, so like Mr. Otterson. Soapy water onto fire with our friends. <laughs> Mr. Otterson was just like a miserable guy. And then Mr. Enfield was a well-known man about town. So that's like me and you. You're Otterson. I'm Enfield. You're the man about town. The well-known man about town. What does? How would you say a man about town acts? How often do you think he leaves his apartment? He he leaves his house at least once a day. No, well, then that disqualifies you. <laughs> Did you leave your house today? Did you leave? Of course, your apartment? I leave my house every day, Tim. Did you today though? Yeah. Where'd you go? I went to work. No, you didn't. I did, Tim. You want to no. see my subway receipt? Yeah. Well, they don't give one. <laughs> oh, very convenient. <laughs> uh, Utterson and... Well, en- you said you'd you'd stay home and read this book today. No, I read it at work. Uh, some job. Well, I mean, I work for myself. I, I, I go, hey, today's job is reading this book. Mm, that's nice. Yeah. I want to work for myself. You know what? My, uh, I'd be like, today's job, eat a plate of mozzarella sticks. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not very... A, a judicious use of your time, Tim. Yeah, reading some old book is. Yeah, well, you're telling me. Uh, so they walk around and they talk, even though they seem miserable and they seem like they don't really like each other. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, this does track. <laughs> uh, and he's talking about uh, that they walked out a street, and he says the street was small and what is called quiet. He wouldn't say what is called quiet. A small and quiet street. <laughs> Um, they see a crappy old door and, uh, uh, one of them's like, Hey, you ever, uh, remark that door? 
You ever remark it? Yeah, it's like you ever notice it. Yeah. And then uh, 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 one of them, who is it? I think it's Enfield. It's like, uh, oh, yeah, I saw this guy uh, go in that door once or come out of that door. Uh, he, he, he was this like oaf. And he, uh, I was walking around uh, at 3 a.m. And uh, I saw this oaf walking around. And then I saw this. He said oaf? He, he described him as kind of like an oaf. Okay. And I saw this little girl, eight or ten years old, but not nine. And uh, they collided with each other. And this dope just like trampled her. <laughs> and like, I feel like that's something you've done. <laughs> oh. You've walked into a child, but you were in a rush. And you're like, ah, children should And he here. just left her screaming on the ground. Mm-hmm. But then this guy, you know what he did? Let me let me see if you can uh, decipher this, Tim. Okay. I gave a view, halloa, took to my heels, collared my gentleman, and brought he back. He's, wait, so he saw the guy run into the, the yeah. little girl, and he went and grabbed him. And he he's gave like, a view, a, a view, halloa. A view, halloa? Yeah, took to my heels, collared my gentleman. And brought him back. Yeah, he grabbed he, a collar, like when a uh, when a cop yeah. collars a, a convict. And, and what is him back. what is taking to his heels mean? He 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 ran after the guy. Okay. And what is giving a view halloa? Ha- I I don't know what you're saying. A view halloa. Spell halloa. H a l l o a. Uh. And it's hyphenated. View, halloa. He looked around. No, it's uh, the shout you give when a fox breaks cover. When a fox breaks cover? When you're like hunting foxes and one of them. No, I don't when know you go that like, kind of Like, ah, there, there's the fox. Oh. So I presumably yelled, there's the fox. And then grabbed a man and was like, you apologize to this little girl. Yeah. Um, and uh, 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 a doctor came. You can't like, do that nowadays. You can't drag another man and be like, now you apologize to this strange little girl we both don't know. Uh, you could have used uh, that man trample her. What does he mean by trample? He trampled her. But luckily there was a doctor nearby. Like a, a whole crowd came. Oh, wow. You know what they called? Do- we got to go back to this. You know what he casually refers to the doctor as? Doc? He's like, ah, luckily there was a sawbones there. Sawbones. Yeah, and the sawbones checked her out, and she wow. was all right. Um, and then this guy, he's you like, had to do a lot of googling. Of yeah, terms, didn't you? <laughs> and then this guy, he's he's talking. He's like, uh, you know, he's so mad at he, the sawbones. Is like, ah, eh, she's all right, but this guy's still mad, and he's t- he's like cursing at him. He's like, oh, we're gonna make you lose all your friends. We're gonna make your name stink all around town. And then he says, and all the time, as we were pitching it in red hot, we were keeping the women off as best we could, for they were as wild as harpies. So the women wanted to beat them up? Yeah. they were harpies? Yeah. That, that's one of the two mentions of women <laughs> in the book. Okay. Uh, but this just reeks of like, like, oh, you're being like, you're pretending like you're a tougher guy than you were. Like, you should beat the hell out of this Sounds guy. like a Tom Reynolds story. <laughs> uh, so I told that guy. So he's like, you got to you gotta pay this girl. And then he, like, brings the guy to his house and gets him a check. And he's like, uh, he's like, he goes and gets a check with a name I can't mention because it'll ruin the story. And it's like, well, I bet one of the names is Jekyll or Hyde. <laughs> um, uh, 
So it turns out that the check is signed by Jekyll, but this guy is Hyde. Yeah. And here's another thing from these old books. This happened in uh, Books of Podcast when we were reading uh, Island of Dr. Moreau. He says, uh, basically, like, Hyde's weird looking, but I can't explain why. Give us a description, man. Eh, I like it. I don't like when things are described in books. If books could just be all dialogue, uh, that'd be so great. You ever read a book, it's a long book, and then you like skip ahead and you see, like, oh, this next chapter is mostly dialogue. I'm going to read the hell out of this chapter. So I'm wait, excited for this one. You want it to be dialogue? Yeah, I yeah. want it to be only dialogue. It sounds like he's wanting to read movie scripts. I think so. <laughs> Um, so then the next is, uh, uh, the search for Mr. Hyde. Uh, now we're back to like present day again. Utterson goes to bed at midnight, has a sad life. Uh, he, he does have, uh, we should go back to this too. Instead of having like a home office, it's referred to as a business room. A business room? Yeah. He's like, I went into my business room. Are you sure that wasn't the bathroom? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, that's what I call my bathroom now. The yeah. business room. Yeah. It's where I get all my business done. Hold all my calls. Um, so Utterson's a lawyer and he has Jekyll's will and he's like, ah, I should look into this. Uh, and he looks into his will and the will says like, Hey, if I die, uh, leave all my possessions to hide to Mr. Hyde. Mm. He's like, what the heck? That doesn't track. Um, but and, why not? Well, because he's just like, who the hell is this Hyde guy? What is it? His business. Look, a lot of this book, everybody should mind their own business. Yeah, a lot of these old books. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We talk about that society's all messed up now, and all these old books, everybody was just friggin'- In each other's business. Yeah, enough. Um, like to live a quiet life, nobody meddling into my affairs. So then he, he realizes- So like, what if I was the executor of Jeffrey Epstein's <laughs> will? <laughs> That's between me and him. Yeah. Um, so then he's like, oh, I should ask, uh, Dr. Lanyon. He, he might know what's going on, what the deal with all this is. Uh, and then he, he says, uh, no, he doesn't say it out loud, but he thinks it to himself. If he be Mr. Hyde, I shall be Mr. Seek. I hate this fucking book. <laughs> All right, Tim. We pick up a fortnight later. This is before the game got so. What popular. happened with the game? It went offline. It went offline, but now it's back online. Uh, okay, so this is old news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Did they change it? Did they update yeah, it? Yeah, it's now Fortnite Chapter Two. They made like a bunch of big changes. So cool. That's why. A fort- like different characters. <sighs> yeah, there's different characters now. You can fish in the game, and you can swim. I can fish and swim in real life. <laughs> you can't. What are you talking about? When's the last time you gone fishing? When's the last time you've gone fishing? <laughs> yeah, when's the last time I've gone to your house to pick you up and there's been a sign on the door that says gone fishing? And I'm out there in my fishing hat and my vest with all the lures on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been fishing. Okay. When? When I was a kid, I caught a dogfish. Well, that's sick. I know, it was. We had, they had to throw it back. <laughs> it's a bottom feeder. It's gross. Yeah. Anyway, I don't need a video game to go fishing. I go fishing all the time. <laughs> uh, so they go to a party at Jekyll's house. It's like a Jeffrey Epstein-type party at Jekyll's house. Nice. <laughs> um, uh, where he's got all the greatest minds around. 
uh, all different doctors and lawyers. Bill Gates, mm-hmm. Matt Groening, Barbara Walters. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, George Stephanopoulos. George who? <laughs> George Stephanopoulos. George who? What is his name then? Stephanopoulos. What am I saying? Stephanopoulos? Yeah. With an F? It's yeah. with a P. Yeah. I'm getting confused with Snuffleupagus. I know. Everybody always does. Yeah. Did you ever see the clip, the clip of uh, the first time all the adults saw Snuffleupagus? Yeah. <laughs> I think as a kid, I didn't even understand that other people couldn't see him. Or maybe it was after that happened. Yeah, probably. It was like Fortnite Chapter 2. Yeah. Sesame Street Chapter 2. Um. They they went fishing a lot in that episode. (laughs) So uh, they got this big house, and uh, uh, our man utters Utterson's thinking uh, Hyde's blackmailing this guy, Uh, and he's like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of Hyde again. This guy should just mind his own business." Uh huh. uh -huh. Year later, year goes past. (laughs) Time jump. Um. I mean, thank God for these time jumps. Yeah. There's a, a maid servant. She's watching out a window. And it, it's weird. It says a that, lady. Yeah. They put a lady in the book. Yeah. But it says she's like feeling romantic. So she's just staring at the moon out the window. That's nice. She doesn't mean like she wants to have sex with the moon, Tom. No, you didn't let me finish. Oh. And then she's thinking to herself, man. I wish that moon. I was... wish that moon could have sex with me. Oh. Uh, I was wrong about that. I was wrong. Yeah. Uh, but uh, in the middle of her thinking about this, getting all uh, hot, hot and, and bothered, bothered. Yeah. Uh, she sees uh, 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 Hyde outside. Do you ta- think there's anyone who's attracted to the moon? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Werewolves. <laughs> yeah, for, for a start. One. Yeah. Yeah. And just goes. And all frisky. Yeah. Um, I think Neil Armstrong was like, I'm going to go up there and kiss that thing. <laughs> I'm going to make that moon my girl. <laughs> Somebody was so pissed when he came down. He felt he was he had been rejected. Yeah. What if he came... Like, I was in the moon, Neil. He was like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> what if he came back? What if, like, the first people went to the moon, they came back and they the press conference. He was like, uh, I'd like to announce the moon's my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> they They'd execute you for <laughs> space madness. <laughs> They'd never send anyone to space again. Everybody's sort of falling in love to the distant worlds they're being sent to. Yeah, if then the second time people came back and they were like, uh, I regret to inform you, I've fallen in love with the moon. (laughs) And Neil Armstrong, like, stabs that man. You son of a bitch! (laughs) He's at the press conference. Yeah, then they would definitely be like, all right, let's try a different place. (laughs) Let's try a third guy. Uh, they send a lady up there and find out that the moon uh, swings always. Yeah, and then she's also like, "I was wooed by the moon." Yeah. So this this maid servant, she looks outside. She sees a guy and Mister Hyde talking to each other, and she's like, oh, "I think that guy's giving him directions or something." And then she's like, "Oh God!" And Hyde just beats the hell out of this guy, smashes him. So so far, Hyde has trampled a little girl. Yeah, who turned out to be fine. Yeah, and then beat the hell out of a man. Smashed a man, killed him. Killed him? The maid faints. Uh, and we find out it was Sir Danvers Carew. What does that mean? This just isn't. So he's like a sir. He's like an uh, MP. So it's what like, does that mean? Uh, military police. 
That's what a sir is? <laughs> no, like a minister? Huh. Minister proper? Yeah. Minister person? You were like, he's an MP, and he's like, like as if as if I everybody knows. He's what like that in is. the and government. I, I I I pulled the thread a little bit, and if I, if I he's like you in don't the government that is. or something. You're trying to make me feel stupid just because I haven't read this book, Tom. Uh, Stops now. He's an important man, is the point. Okay. So this isn't just going to get swept under the rug. There's lots of manners of talk. Uh, Jack- Tom, uh, in your opinion, at mm-hmm. what point? Uh, is somebody's life actually uh, <laughs> worth something? Okay, so if you're Look, a, if you're an MP, you. that's fine. But uh, would a, would a would a normal blue collar working class Joe like me, uh, if if Mister Hyde beat me, Tim, if it was the death? late 1800s in the United Kingdom and uh, a, a deformed man beat you to death, no, nobody would even blink an eye. Me? Yeah. Oh, no, I'd, I'd be beloved. They'd maybe broom you into the gutter. They'd love me for my wit, uh, for my uh, spirit, for my good looks, for my hirsute nature. <laughs> You're like, this guy's got a hell of a beard. Uh, Jekyll tells uh, Utterson, like, oh, don't worry, Hyde, because now like everybody's looking for Hyde because he's a murderer. Yeah. And Jack. Uh, uh, Utterson gets a letter from Jekyll, and he's like, "Don't worry about Hyde. Hyde's safe as safe can be. They'll never find him." But why would, why would Utter Utterson be like, "Okay, cool. So you're hiding the murderer. Yeah. I'm on your side." Yeah, I don't. Why is Jekyll even writing him that letter? I don't know. Uh, and then he like, he shows him a letter. Jekyll shows him a letter from Mister Hyde. That's basically like, "Well, I've I've gone away." I apologize for doing that. You won't be hearing any more from me. <laughs> was that acceptable back then? Like, <laughs> look, that was my yeah. bad. Uh, you just won't see me again. Yeah, pretty much. And then uh, on his way out, Utterson pulls a uh, Columbo, nice. uh, and he talks to the butler, this guy Poole, and he's like, eh, has anybody been in here lately? And he's like, no, nobody's been here. He's look- So he's looking at the letter. And he's like, where's the envelope? He's like, oh, I burned the envelope. He's like, well, why'd you burn the envelope? Because <laughs> uh, he wanted to see if there was a postmark on it. Right. Uh, and he's like, oh, there wasn't a postmark. It just got, like, hand-delivered by somebody. And uh, It wasn't by some racial slur, right? <laughs> right. That's what happens in all the old books. It's like, it was delivered by a... And then it'll yeah. go into a... Some slurs, and it's just yeah. like, just say it was delivered. Yeah. So Robert Louis Stevenson did the right thing here. It was delivered by but someone. The, but then on the way out, he asked the the butler, and the butler's like, nah, nobody's been here. And he's like, any letters come today? And he's like, nah, no letters have been come at all. Um. So now a little time passes. Jekyll's back. He's back in the swing of things. He's hanging out, but then he leaves. Are they friends, Utterson and Jekyll? They're like acquaintances. Okay. I mean, um, friends they, enough that Utterson has his will, or is Utterson just his lawyer? He's his lawyer, but they have like they're in like a the same friends group of like lonely bachelors. Got it. Um, but then Jekyll's not back for a while, and then uh, uh, Utterson goes to visit Leighton. Leighton looks like shit, and he's like, "Who's Leighton again?" Leighton's a doctor. Oh, okay, and he and he also has his will, and he's like, "Look, man, I'm I'm done with Jekyll. I look like shit." Um. And then Jekyll writes him, and he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a shut, and you won't be seeing old Jekyll anymore." Um, and then late- what happened? 
Leighton dies. Okay. He just dies. I mean, people from, died all the yeah, time. Yeah, but he like dies from looking Dysentery. like shit. Um, we find out later he died from shock. Uh, Leighton left a sealed letter in his will, and he's like, read this letter a- after I die and after uh, like Jekyll's died, I think, um, or, or after Hyde disappears. Um, and uh, this knucklehead Utterson's like, well, I have to stay true to my word. I won't read this letter until Hyde disappears. He's a lawyer. He has to. What is the point where uh, Robert Louis Stevenson stopped reading and his wife and idiot stepson were like, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. I need to I hear more. I think it was around this time. Okay. Because right. it's like halfway through the book. Um, That's it. Well, the rest of the book, uh, I'm going to get through pretty quick. You'll see why. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, a little bit later, next chapter, Enfield. Remember Enfield? He's the man about town. Yeah. He's like, hey, you know there's a back way into Jekyll's house? <laughs> what is Enfield's like, hey, you ever see this door? Hey, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. This Enfield's always uh, just looking out for doors, huh? Yeah, this Enfield's like a real uh, Eddie Haskell. He's like, uh, getting... Seems like Grover to me. Like, there's a door. There's a door. <laughs> yeah. There's a door. All right, Grover. Yeah, you learned about doors. Um, uh, so he's like, let's go. Let's go see if. Je- Ooh, a blue door. <laughs> he's like, let's go. Ooh, Dr. Jekyll's door. Let's go to the back door. Let's see if Jekyll wants to hang out. Um, and they can see him in the window, and they're like, "Hey, Jekyll, come hang out." He's like, "Nah, I can't, man. I feel like shit." You're like, "Nah, come for a walk. It'll, you know, reinvigorate the circulatory system. You know how like back then they had like, you know, I mean, going for a a walk is is pretty solid. Yeah, and it does reinvigorate the circulatory system. Why are you saying circulatory? (laughs) That's the way they said it. Okay. Uh, Um. And he's like, nah, 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 man, I can't do that. And they're like, all right, well, uh, if you can't hang out, if you're too sick, like, how about we just hang out here from the window? And he's like, yeah, that seems good. And then all of a sudden he goes like, and then just slams the window shut and runs off. And they're like, oh, come on, what? (laughs) We were were having a classic window hang with this guy. No, actually, they don't even say, like, come on, what? They just, like, walk away in silence. Like, that was weird. And don't say anything to each other. Uh, Do you think they went, uh, check, please? Uh, that was weird. Uh, you have to know. That was not normal. <laughs> uh, later on, Poole comes. He tells Utterson that there's been foul play. Poole comes? The, that's the butler. Okay. Jekyll's butler. So they all go to the house. All the servants are hiding. Uh, Poole brings him to the door. A door of a cat. It's described as a cabinet, but I think it's like a shed out back. And okay. All- Is that what they mean when they say a cabinet of curiosities? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and he's like, hey, what's going on in there? And uh, presumably Jekyll's like, nothing's going on. Everything's fine, except he doesn't sound like Jekyll. It sounds like goddamn Mr. Hyde. Uh, and he tells him, like, no, I'm, I'm just sick. And this is actually my favorite line from the book. He says, this is a rather wild tale, my man. <laughs> <laughs> Who says that? Uh, Utterson. Oh, yeah. But that sounds like... Uh, is he talking to you, the reader? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he breaks the fourth wall like Deadpool. Yeah. And says, this is a rather wild tale, my man. And uh, you go, and how, Utterson? Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, so uh, uh, Utterson's like, Poole, what the hell's going on? And he's like, ah, he was in there crying about medicine. 
telling him, telling me like, bring me medicine from the store. And then I would bring him stuff from the store and he'd be like, this is impure. Take it back. Utterson's like, we got we to gotta break the damn door down. We got to see what's going on. It takes him a while to break the door down. They do. Hyde is inside. He's dead. And he calls him a self-destroyer. Okay. So which he, I guess was the term for suicide back yeah. then. Uh, That's a, I mean, not to, they, I'm glad they changed it because that really glorifies it. Self-destroyer? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Destroyer just sounds like powerful. Right. Um. Uh, he destroyer of self. He knew that. Oh, and there's a new will that gives everything to Utterson that Hyde didn't destroy. Um, and he's like, "What the hell is all this about?" So then he uh he opens up the will, and there's two letters, or no, he has two letters because he opens up Layton's letter and he opens up Jekyll's letter. Both these letters just kind of, and that's like the second half of the book, where it's basically telling you like what was going on the whole time. In I think two, I figured it out. Two, yeah, two different ways, and it's like, yeah, I figured it out because fucking Jekyll and Hyde. We all know Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> Why write this dumb book that we already know? I mean, I do think it's like uh, watching The Sixth Sense and just being like, this. Yeah, of course I know. Why are why why are I sitting through two hours of this? Yeah, I guess. Um, and Layton in his letter is like, I don't know why he sent me this letter. I barely knew this guy. And then uh, when you read Jekyll's letter, Jekyll's letter to Layton is like, I would gladly cut my hand off for you, for you are my truest friend. Um, we find out that the Layton died. Because uh, fucking Jekyll turned into Hyde in front of him, and that was or no, I think the other way around, and that was like such a shock that he died a few days later. Did they look different? Yeah. Oh, I skipped all that part. <laughs> okay, that's fine. You don't need to go back. <laughs> uh, Jekyll uh, Hyde is like physically smaller than Jekyll. Uh, your nightmare. <laughs> yeah. So when he's wearing Jekyll's clothes, they're all like hanging off him. Right, like uh, Tom Hanks or the kid in Tom Hanks. Yes, exactly. Uh, And we find out what happened, and it's so long and boring. It's like Jekyll came up with like this potion that he would take, and that would turn him into Mister Hyde. And Mister Hyde, like I guess a lot of this book is about duality. Like for a minute, I thought I was like, oh, this is about like like alcoholism. That, like, he drinks this potion and it turns him into a monster. Right. But that's not, at least in the interpretations I read, what it's about. It's just about, like, the duality of man and how, like, Victorian times people had, like, their public self and their private self. And that's what this is about. And Hyde was physically smaller because Jekyll was, like, both these personalities live within him. But Jekyll was, like, pretty much a good dude, like, 90% of the time. So the reason why Hyde was smaller was because, like, he hadn't developed as much. He hadn't been let out. But he's, like, becoming Hyde. He's getting into becoming Hyde because he can, like, let loose. Yeah. But we don't really get an idea. It's like a midlife crisis. Yeah. uh, But we don't really get an idea of what that means. Trampling a little girl. Yeah, it's like trampling a little girl and bludgeoning a guy to death one time. Just trying to have some fun out there. But otherwise, I don't know what like Hyde was out there doing. Like Probably carousing, Tom. 
I mean that it's like kind of implied that like oh he's out like carousing, drinking and getting laid, but th- that's not even hinted at. So I don't know what was so fun about being Mr. Hyde to him, but he it was like intoxicating of like I get to be Mr. Hyde and and let go of all my inhibitions. But it seems like that meant just like skulking around town at night. Um yeah, he could have done that as Dr. Jekyll. Yeah, it would have been fine. He, yeah, just don't bludgeon anybody. Right. Um people probably would have looked the other way about the little girl. Yeah. Um, so I always thought based on like Bugs Bunny cartoons that when he became Mr. Hyde, Mr. Hyde was like physically bigger, but he wasn't. Nah, smaller. Yeah. Um, and then at, at a certain point he started turning into Mr. Hyde without taking the potion. And that's when he was like, oh damn. Can't control this thing. Yeah. And then or he, maybe I'm too good at controlling it. Or, well, so then he started becoming Mr. Hyde more than he was Dr. Jekyll and he would have to take the po or like a reverse potion <clears throat> to turn into Jekyll while he was Mr. Hyde. And that's what he like ran out of the potion. Well, he found out this, I liked that. It wasn't that the ingredients were impure. It was that like the first, uh, dose of ingredients had an impurity in it that he didn't know about that. Then he was like, shit, it had some impurity in it. That was actually the key. Uh, and I don't know what that was. And now the new batches are pure. They don't have that impurity. Uh, but yeah, he changed in front of Leighton and Leighton died of shock. Mm-hmm. And then finally in the end, yeah, he was just like running out of uh, like Hyde was getting bigger because he was around more. Yeah. Uh, and he self-destroyed. <sighs> Sounds pretty boring. Not as fun as going to the Jekyll and Hyde Club in uh, beautiful New York City. Have you ever been there? Yeah. I've never been there. Really? Yeah. Tom, the Jekyll and Hyde Club is a theme restaurant owned by Eerie World Entertainment. Ooh. It's like one of the few independent theme restaurants left in New York City, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, I went uh, as a kid. There was one in Times Square. Actually, mm. it was- uh, The Slaughtered Goat, Slaughtered Lamb. That was one of them, too. Yeah, that that's the thing. So you go in, and there's like- uh, uh, there's actors, yeah. You know, as as different ghoulish things that right. go around. There's it's like when uh, Outback Restaurant first opened up, and the waiters that, that, that did Australian happen. accents. No, that was all in your head. Um, it has like set pieces, and at some point, like animatronic type yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, um, it's a it's 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 a fun place to go. I don't know if it's still there. There was one in Times Square. There was one on like Sixth Avenue, uh, like down in the Village. Um, it's a dumb place, but I feel like theme restaurants uh, outside of the gates of theme parks <laughs> right. are so rare, and I would go to one every once in a while. Yeah, I love a good theme thing. Yeah, I love some uh, animatronics. Eerie World Entertainment. So this was a company uh-huh. that opened up and opened restaurants in New York City, the toughest place in the world to open restaurants. Yeah. And they just tried to make spooky theme restaurants. <laughs> One was uh, the Slaughtered Lamb Pub, which is based on American Werewolf in London. Okay. Uh, and Jack the Ripper uh, at, at on West 4th Street. And the Night Gallery Cafe uh, on 7th Avenue. It's just they made all these, these spooky restaurants with, 
objectively bad like tourist cruise ship food. Yeah. Um, and we're just like, hey, let's do an immersive, spooky experience at six different locations in Manhattan. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Good good on them. I mean, they're bankrupt for years now. They're <laughs> right. they're way out of business. But Eerie World Entertainment, uh, I really appreciate you guys reaching for the stars. And it made me think, maybe we, uh, a bunch of us, Tom, mm-hmm. maybe the 16 people that were at the right, house, yeah. we all leave this hustle and bustle of the city behind, mm-hmm. and we find a small city, maybe like... Uh, Cincinnati. Maybe even a little smaller than that, like a... Uh, St. Uh, Louis. Even smaller than that. One without a professional ba- uh, major league baseball team. Oh. Yeah, that's the only way I know cities. Yeah. What's that What's that North Carolina, like, cool city? Raleigh? No. All right, let's say Raleigh. Okay. Uh, and we open up a, th- a spooky theme restaurant there, and then we, we run that for the next 20 to 25 years, and we all... Retire rich and famous. I don't know if we'd be rich and famous if that if sixteen of us. So would we do all the jobs? Yeah. <laughs> so like, I mean, Look, Tom, some people are gonna have you to be, be like the man- bus boys. Yeah, I know. If you get in early, you could be the manager. <laughs> oh, I see. Whoever of the last sixteen in has to be like the bus boy, and they're not. I gonna- mean, there's no shame in being a bus. No, boy, but Tom. you're not gonna get rich and famous being a bus boy. Uh, and I and I doubt you're gonna be able to convince. One of our friends to leave their career in New York City to go be a busboy at a theme restaurant in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's, it's now Asheville. Asheville, North <laughs> okay. Carolina. Okay. Uh, I think that's fine. I think that's great. Well, then maybe you'll do it. I will. Okay. I want to bring as many of you guys along as possible. Some of them can be the, the ghouls inside. Oh, well, now you're talking. Right? I'd like to be the you could be a Frankenstein, Tom. Oh, I'd relocate to be a Frankenstein at a restaurant. Yeah, and it's be- you'd get you'd have equity. Well, that's... We'd do profit sharing. That's something the original Frankenstein didn't even have. Exactly. Uh, so think about it. An interesting side note, since you mentioned Jack the Ripper... Jack the Ripper happened like a few years after this book came out. Mm-hmm. And so this book was like an immediate smash hit. And then they did a play version very quickly after. Um, the play version was canceled because the... Uh, the N-word. <laughs> because the guy behind the play and also was like the main actor who played Jekyll and Hyde, there's like a fun picture of him doing both roles. Uh, and when he was Hyde, he hunched over. Um, <laughs> oh, clever. Uh, it, it, it reminded me of uh, uh, those pictures of uh, uh, Bradley Cooper when he was being the elephant man on Broadway. I never saw pictures of that. Yeah, it's it's weird looking because he didn't wear like makeup or prosthetics. He just like made a face the entire play. Did it look cool? No. Oh. Uh, and that's kind of what this looks like. And it's like, well, that was the 1800s. Although they said what, they had like lighting and makeup effects that, you know, back then made people faint because they were so... <laughs> were just oh, puking God, and yeah. screaming. Um, but, Could you imagine if you showed one of those Victorian <laughs> assholes uh, one scene from Mission Impossible <laughs> Fallout? <laughs> imagine if you, brought, if you blindfolded him and put him in a 40X theater. Oh, took the blindfold off. Yeah, you would kill him. 
that helicopter scene. They wouldn't make it even close to the the helicopter no, scene. No, they would die they'd pretty. They die faint during... and wake up four <laughs> times. Finally, their heart would just give out. Uh, um, but anyway, uh, the Jack the Ripper fever became such a huge thing that even they started suspecting uh, actors who played killers. So this guy became a suspect. They thought he might have been Jack the Ripper. And this guy was like, all right, screw all this. I'm start arresting all the actors here <laughs> for crimes. He uh, Clean up Hollyweird real quick. He canceled the, the play because he was like, I don't need this shit. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on that guy's side. Yeah, like, I'm just trying to do a play. Now they're trying to pin Jack the Ripper on me. Forget it. Yeah. Well, Tom, uh... That's the curious case of... The strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Out of ten ghouls, what do you give it? I give this two ghouls. Uh, the story sucks shit. Yeah. I mean, if you know the headline, basically, yeah. it seems like the book, unless you want to... Like a sad man's breakfast explained to you in detail or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, and also it's like, look, I get back then, like, they didn't know things we know now about science, but, like, come on, you can't take a potion and turn into another guy. I don't know. That's that's fine. Yeah. It doesn't need to be all, like, scientifically. No, but I don't like in some of these old books, like, same thing with Dr. Moreau, like, they go to great pains to explain the science of it. Yeah, they're trying. They're interested, Tom. Yeah, well. You might have been able to fool timey dummies, but you can't fool me, a new age dummy. <laughs> if you like the show, you can find out more at TCGT.com. You can support the show by supporting our sponsors. Also checking out TCGT.com slash Amazon for your Amazon shopping. Thank you to everybody that does that, BTW. And Thank you. Th- you. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Complete Guide for our, uh, our other podcast, Books of the Podcast. Hey, if you like this... Listen to us talk about a boring book. Come listen to us talk about uh, a few other boring books, but also some, some good ones. We're good. Yeah. Uh, and we're about to pick a new book. So what a what a better time to join. You can be in the mix. Yeah. I mean, to be clear, uh huh. you can still listen to all the episodes yeah. about the other books. Oh, We've right. We've been doing all these books uh, yeah. since January. Yeah. A bunch of old episodes. They're yeah. not old. They're new to you. <clears throat> uh, They're evergreen. Yes. We don't bring up things like uh, Fortnite and Jeffrey Epstein over there. <laughs> no. Uh, you can also uh, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash complete guide. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Reynolds. Follow me at your pal Tim. And uh, that's it. Peace be with you. <laughs> Reddit.com slash r slash TCGTE is our subreddit. Say nice things. We read it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I had a, I'm kind of surprised that this book has the staying power that it does. I think it was just that everybody needed a, a, a go-to phrase for people that change personalities at certain times. Yeah, it's like, look, honestly, Big Star mm-hmm. launched a million power pop bands Mm-hmm. That wrote probably a million, like Fountains of Wayne probably has. Oh, you were talking about the band Big Star <laughs> for a minute. I was like, who? It's going to be Tom Cruise. Big, <laughs> yeah, a big star who launched. 
<laughs> There's so many bands with so many, like, probably better songs than yeah. Big Star. Oh, uh, Velvet Underground, right? Yeah, Everybody exactly. who well, listens. But, but when you listen to the Velvet Underground, you're like, this fucking rocks. Yeah. And I guess when you listen to Big Star, too. But it's just like, you're like, I don't understand why all these people talk so highly of this band. It's like, Nah, nah. When they first heard, like right. in the context of the it time, changed everything. Everybody was stupid back then. You <laughs> right? See. They they never thought about stuff like this. Exactly. Potions that turn you into another man. Exactly. I do like the idea of like it's not really explained why. You know, it's Doctor Henry Jekyll and Mister Edward Hyde. Like. Did he, he has a different last name and everything. I mean, it works out because then it's he the whole thing. He gets he gets it's Mr. The duality Hyde, of man. He gets Mr. Hyde his own bank account and stuff. Cool. <laughs> well, it just makes things easier. Yeah. His own apartment in Soho. How, why would I he... guess it's in London. Yeah, it's in London because they mentioned Soho. Cool. Great detective work. <laughs> You're a regular Columbo. <laughs> There's just one thing I don't understand. Was this in Soho, New York, or Soho, London? <laughs> Uh, next week uh, will be the thrilling conclusion of Halloween month. Yeah. Um, and we're going to pull out all the stops. Yes. Some of the stops. No, all the stops. All the stops. You people are going to be scared shitless. You're going to be- I was scared shitless this episode uh, when you were describing this terribly scary book. Yeah. I didn't think anything could be scarier than The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. And then here you come with a fright a minute uh, horror fest- of uh, the, the uh, what is it? The curious case. The of, strange case. I Dr. only said Shepard. it wrong the first time. <laughs> I would love. Can you imagine if we did a an episode that was genuinely scary? <laughs> People couldn't even get through. Well, it was too we, scary. When we did our murder episode, we wanted to do a, an actual murder mystery. Right. Maybe we can do a scary episode. Maybe we can. Maybe you'll be shaking in your boots until next week. Just thinking about it. Maybe you'll be like an old-timey person at a 4DX screening of Mission Impossible Fallout, and you'll just fucking die. <laughs> Tune in next week to find out. We'll see you then. That was a HeadGum Podcast.